0: This is going to be so good, you guys. Welcome to Art Talk with April. I'm April Harris. I'm the artist of Inked April, located in Birmingham, Alabama. And this podcast is going to be about all things art. We'll talk about books, invite some artists to interviews, and much, much more. Let's get started. Welcome to season one, finale episode. Today, we'll take a look back at the wonderful conversations and artists' journeys that were shared this season. I know I personally learned so much from these artists and I hope you did as well. Our first artist is Laura Walker. Laura is a very talented artist located in Coleman, Alabama. She creates fun and colorful pieces. She has work that is full of life with impasto painting. She has also been working on a very soulful collection of watercolors.
1: More of my advice would be find what appeals to your heart. There's lots of ways that you can make an income with art if you're so inclined, you know, a lot of people like yeah, they like to keep it as a hobby, which is great. It still nourishes your soul. Yeah. But if you want to do it as a living, you know, there's so many directions to go in. And like my experience with teaching was that I was good at it and people would pay me to do it, but I didn't actually find it to be nourishing mm-hmm. to me. You know, it was energy draining. Yeah. And I I have found that for the art festivals also, um, For some people it's draining and just very taxing. I mean, it's physically and emotionally challenging, for sure, sure. Um, but I think it helps if you love doing it. Like my personality is an extrovert, so I I like getting out there at festivals. It's exciting to me. And I like interacting with my collectors. I have a very, one of my closest friends is an introvert and she did festivals for a year or two she just hated it. She hated oh, the experience of it. And it's way too much work to be doing to hate yeah.
0: it. <laughs> the second artist, Suzanne Nobles, is just starting out in her pursuits as an artist. She's an art student here at UAB. She's been an artist for a while, having started a portrait drawing business while in school as a teen. She has an amazing ability to capture people through her portrait work in multiple mediums.
2: Yeah, I think growing up in the digital age has been rough for me. Partially because having a post not get a ton of likes, or having you know a stagnant amount of followers for a certain amount of time. You know, my work's not getting the attention that I was hoping that it would. Like, what am I doing wrong? And you know, there's this assumption that you've done something wrong, or you know, it's but like all art is is good art to somebody. Everybody, somebody True. is going to like your work and and love what you do and love your vision. So I yeah. I think it's you know. If you have to take a break from social media, I definitely recommend that. But I'm not gonna do it for likes, I'm gonna do it because I just wanna share my stuff. Yeah, I just wanna have a record of my stuff. And that's, I'm gonna start Instagram more for me rather than for other people.
0: The next artist is located in Manitoba, Veronica Funk. Veronica is a seasoned artist with work in public spaces, galleries, features and magazines, and many awards and honors her series nasty women extraordinary women and grandmothers are beautiful collections honoring and uplifting the women in our lives her work is full of expressive layers of texture and color that wow the viewer i think
3: you need to get yourself out there and and kind of harden up a little bit, but at the same token, be yourself, be positive. You know, if you're feeling, you know, not very good one day, especially, you know, we know that the last couple of years have been tough. Sure. Just stay away from it. Like, you know, get in your studio and paint or create something that'll make you feel better than anything. Go out for a walk, yeah. stay away from it. Don't think you have to do this or have to do that try something if it doesn't fit with you try something else and you'll build confidence that's one of the things when i started speaking in public and you know and that i was so nervous because i'm an introvert at heart but the more i talked and then people would respond and say oh my gosh i had the same experience or something similar or i feel the same way then suddenly you realize it's really important to share what you do and how you feel about what you do because there are people that will connect with it and that's important most valuable pieces of advice that i got many years ago was pay attention to what draws your attention and that means if you like you know cafes draw sit and draw in cafes if you like you know trees draw or paint trees like pay attention if something is important to you home life that's how i started painting chairs and furniture in my home and that was my first exhibit, and I think it was, because before that I was dabbling in this, trying that, wanted to be a watercolorist. I'm just not, you know? And, you know, try different things. It's fun, and I try these things, but I always come back to acrylic on canvas, Mm. and I just follow that little, you know, something, that nugget that just draws my attention, and then I focus on it for a while.
0: Next up, Kitty Smothers of South Alabama. Kitty paints portraits, places, and pets, along with scenes in life. She has a light and airy style reminiscent of Impressionism and the work of Mary Cassatt. She captures rural life and the very essence of family here in the South.
4: Let me tell you, there is a painting that I have right now hidden in my closet. And I never bring that painting out. But it, um, you know, after, around 25 years that you know I've got some some skill and some time behind me but I worked on this one uh portrait for for this client and I, I put so many hours into it so much work um, you know, uh, being a, uh, an artist who also has a full-time and a part-time job, you know, you come home from work and, you know, maybe you're working on your painting in your living space mm-hmm. with your children running around. And, you know, I often ask for their feedback, but I had so much time put into this portrait and so much work put into it. And so anyway, I send, the photo to to the client to kind of you know give them a look at it and i was feeling pretty good about it yeah and uh her response was you know um i this is just not working out uh she said i've asked my husband and he just it doesn't look like uh you know our our child and our grandchild and um we're just i don't want this painting and i huge setback for me yeah and um you know i've tried to w- which i always do with with clients i want to make them happy you know and we'll yeah. work better. as long as they'll work with me if i have to keep working on something over and over again you know the ultimate goal is for them to be to be happy with it but um this client was not willing to you know yeah. continue working with me so I mean, I think that everybody has got those, um, maybe you call them failures, challenges, you know, things that we hide in our and that we don't so, you know, that's mine. Maybe one day I'll paint over it, you know, but it's <laughs>
5: definitely,
4: definitely a learning experience for me <laughs> is that um, I've gotten out. I'm a very uh, introverted person, you know, and if I had my way, I would sit at home and be a hermit for the rest of my life, probably. And just <laughs> me too. <you> know, <laughs> yeah. And uh, but pushing myself out of my element to collaborate with my community and create uh, an art guild for my county. And that has been something that I'm very, very proud of because learning and growing with other artists is something I didn't expect to be so uh, instrumental and important in my life but it has really, it's been wonderful. So we started this art guild probably about a year and a half ago, and I'm able to bring together people of different ages and backgrounds. And we all get together at least maybe a couple times a month. We paint, we create together, we discuss uh, challenges, we share ideas. That, to me, has has just been phenomenal, phenomenal work.
6: Yeah. yeah. And
4: so that's something that I am so glad that I didn't stay in my own corner (laughs) and and that we got out and pushed to do that. So that's something I'm proud of. As I've said before, art, being so introspective, you're going to have to be your biggest fan here. You know, you're going to have to tell yourself that, you know, there's space for you, that you're worth it. And so, you know, that would be my main suggestion and advice is just to really work on yourself and know
0: who you are. Tabitha Lindquist-Grace is an interdisciplinary artist in central Alabama. Her work combines a variety of mediums, including painting, bookmaking and poetics. She's experienced and involved in art education with youth and adults within the community.
7: And part of it was because, like, I grew up on the coast. So we lived really small to a lot of really tiny beach towns. But I just remember it wasn't just the classroom. It was that it was in this, like, old kind of, kind of like beach shack style building that was, like, off to the side of the school and it was the art teacher too she had she was like she had this big like untamable blonde hair and she had all these silver rings and wore these like really patterned skirt and like but she had kind of like a feminine and masculine energy at the same time she was kind of like this little it was just like magical you know you walked in and there was art you know she had strings strung across the walls with like art clothes pinned to them. And it was just Um, like, it was almost like a kid's playhouse.
0: Yeah, yeah.
7: Like tried to define yourself as an artist. I would just be careful about how it is that you're defining yourself as an artist as you're also trying to find your identity as an artist, if that makes sense. Because the identity that you craft for an audience is not going to be the same identity that you would make for yourself, regardless of an audience, if that makes sense. It's a good thing to think about, but it can also be a really dangerous thing. <laughs> I Stop making art because you get pigeonholed into making a monetary living and paying your bills off of your art, and then you're making all this stuff that you don't even love. You find no joy in in. which will, it will just like shrivel up your little artist's heart and you can stop (laughs) making. I don't know. Is an innate part of the human experience. Just like eating, procuring food, which used to be hunting and gathering, but now, you know, you go to the grocery store, like all these things are part of normal everyday life. Art is that too. Yeah. You know, but we're so far removed from it because, you know, museum and gallery systems Mm -hmm. and, they've put it into the, you know, mass media over the years to promote. It's for other reasons too, you know, you have uh, areas of our history where we're at war and people do not have the luxury to make art. Mm. They don't have, you know, they're worried about other things like survival. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I just think that the perspective of art needs to change. Like I have started teaching kids And I have to say, I prefer teaching children to to teaching in universities because they don't question whether or not they're an artist. (laughs) They're like, (laughs) art supplies and you give them like a general framework of what to do. And it's amazing what they come up with. And they have no problem breaking the rules. You know, like five times, Do it this way, please. And they will be, I'm sorry, I just got to do it my way. And there's not, and and they don't even say, I'm sorry. Like there's no apologies. They just know that they make something, you know?
0: Next is Melissa B. Tubbs. She creates finely detailed pen and ink drawings of architecture. She has been a featured artist in multiple books and magazines, along with many awards and honors and gallery shows. Her line work captures value, shape, and emotion with immaculate visual acuity. Her work celebrates and
5: preserves Southern heritage. But its it, I don't beat myself up if I go today without drawing at all. I know that I get more done when I can count on spending at least two days, preferably three or four days in a row at home because I get that rhythm going, get up and draw. Uh, take a lunch break, draw, break to exercise, which I try to do every day because that makes me sleep better at night, which means I get better rest and so I'm better to start the next day with this concentrated work. Yes. Um, so I just I know that I'm doing the very best that I can at any given time. But I, I will say I'm no different than any other artist. Uh, that little voice will say, okay, your client isn't going to like this, this isn't good enough. And you know, that's the devil getting in there and, and uh, trying to convince you otherwise. And um, it's just not so. So I just remind myself, okay, this is the very best I can do at this point in time. Yeah. and and capture those bad thoughts uh, and boot them out of the way. So, you know, I think all artists have a a lot of insecurity when it comes to showing other people your work, even though that's the whole process. You create and you show it. You create and you show it. But there's always that um, insecurity, fear of, what if they don't like it? Yeah. When I think I'm finished with the drawing, I take two or three days to fine-tune them. And what I mean by that is I don't necessarily, you know, I've read, you know, put it up someplace where you wouldn't ordinarily see it. I just don't look at it for a long time. And then I might not look at it the whole first day, and then the second day I'll look at it and think, ooh, yeah, that white spot has to recede it can't be all white that's when things like that really jump out at me yeah, and yeah. so i take a few days to fine-tune them so that i don't miss them because i have been looking at it for so long yeah, um yeah. but i think as time goes on we never get to the point where was where we said well <laughs> unless you got a big ego where you say oh All my work is great. Um, You get better at capturing those thoughts. And um, that's one reason to sit down and do a resume. I did not have a fine art resume when I quit my office job, graphic design resume. And so when you sit down and think about the things you've done and write them down, you'll be amazed at how much more you have accomplished than you thought, because our mind doesn't think in those terms. And so as you go along, if you get in a show, write it down. If you want a prize in that show, write it down. If you get an article or even just a, an image in a magazine, write it down. I've got I've managed to get my work in several books. Um, write it down if you are an interview write it down that helps you realize my work is good enough marmaduke
0: davenport is a london area-based artist that creates intricately designed and handcrafted automaton creations he is inspired by medieval art and all things weird and fascinating he often collaborates with ink artist judy keeps
8: that's that thorny question every artist is a a thing on, on Facebook, sell your art. So I don't know if you're on that. And there's always people looking for, you know, what, what shall I charge? And this little group I've just joined, this sort of, this seven of us, we, we, are all asking each other, you know, mm-hmm. one, one of them is, one them I keep saying, you've got to put your prices up. You need to put your prices up. Yeah. But if I didn't sell quickly, I would go off the oil, I'd start doubting myself. Mm-hmm. So I like the quickness. Um, I'm still finding my way, I don't know. Yeah,
9: yeah.
8: You know, maybe, maybe I will mass-produce some at some point. I did have a guy, he's got this quite quaint shop in Paris. He um, he wanted me to make some stuff, but just affiliate it. He wanted to take some of my designs and affiliate it to his shop. Oh, wow. I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. And he said, well, I could give you a sort of... 40 quid each you know and he said I could probably make 10 in a day and he lost me there I thought no no you can't make 10 of these in a day you you, you, you know I don't care who you think you are I can't and I've designed them oh my gosh Um, I get approached a lot I've had I've had a lot of people from shops People trying to buy wholesale, which just instantly means cheap. Yeah. Uh, I just sort of said no. So I'm just sort of making it up as I go along, like everything else in my life. And the art world, again, I mean, I find it strange. You know, I always say you get like these, like a Rothko, you know, like a red, red canvas. Yeah. People will stand there, looking at it, holding their chins in appreciation, and you're thinking, well, that's not art. What's that? It's worth 10, ten million quid. You're like, what? I'm spending bloody months designing something that no-one else can do, and I'm getting... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's a strange, strange world. It really, it really is. is. Yeah. You know. I don't know what Very makes one, pers- one person's one person's pain more more valuable than the others. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was lacking it. I've been not, you know, the the school of hard knocks, if you like. So I was very doubtful of what I could do. But now I've just started building stuff and get showered with praise sometimes. <laughs> you know, yeah, you do have to watch it. You know, the LD go because that that praise doesn't last. Um, again, I, I always mention her, Judy. Judy keeps yeah. She's she's, she's uh, also a therapist. Oh, and she was saying that uh, there was an artist, that a real famous one, that contacted her mm-hmm. and she was having a crash. She'd just put on this amazing show. And afterwards, there was a big crash, you know, a mental crash yeah, that would build yeah. up. And we, I suppose, we get off endorphins and we get addicted to the praise. But then when that prize goes, mm-hmm. we're down. You know, and it's a big down. And I've noticed every project to make, and then I put it on Instagram and I get all the feedback. And then when that feedback trickles away, I start feeling like an emptiness, you know? Yeah. And, and, and talking to the other guys now, and like what you're doing, if you ask this question again to, to artists, not mm-hmm. fun I'll get that. You know, but I don't know if you do. You know, you'll get the joy of finishing something, and then when that's just a, just another painting, that's that joy is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear all these stories of the famous artists and all killing themselves, and yeah. So yeah, you know, our ups are up and the downs are down. Yeah. you know and there's yeah. nothing nothing more you know when someone wants to buy something that you've made you yeah. know at first yeah. i wasn't sure about that at the beginning you know i was very doubtful and it took a little bit of getting used to i turned a corner by trying to look at the good in everything you know yeah just, just a life thing you know and, and i found if i look for the best in people that's what i see and then that's what they see, you know, that's the engagement in life. I mean, if you're, if you're sort of looking at the bad and you're bitter and twisted, you're going to find that. And that's, that's just life, isn't it? You know, if you go about life as a thief, the whole world's a thief, isn't it? But if you go about sharing love and kindness, then all of a sudden yeah, that's what you receive back. That's, that's how I found and learned and worked for me.
0: Next up is local Birmingham artist Justin Stokes. Justin creates ink and digital art that is both dark, humorous, and nostalgic. His work has a darkness that teeters on the absurd while reminiscing at our 20th century pop culture, icons, movies, and music. His work is appreciative of the light and dark sides of life with a vintage ad or movie poster quality.
10: I think I'll say that either when I try something, I either and it and it's not working out. Like it's either going to take more time. Like I'll recognize, all right, I need to put more into this, and it's not always worth the investment. And that's all it is. It's just like, well, I, I kind of want to do this. It's going to take a lot more work, mm-hmm. um, but. On the flip side, if it's something I just find myself not really being into, like there's almost always a transferable skill that I can and take and apply elsewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess my biggest example of, you know, something I, I think along those lines is um, I, I keep kind of dabbling with watercolor, but I've yet to really find a way that I want to do it. Mm-hmm. But I haven't, That I wouldn't necessarily describe it as being disappointed or thinking I've walked away. I just have not yet you know gotten it to where i want to and, and haven't figured out how i'm going to integrate it but at the same time playing with it has always made me feel like i, I learned something or had some sort of tech way to to do elsewhere i think you brought bring up an, a really interesting point there um which is like the parts that i do think is sometimes fun being an, an artist is figuring out something that just you you know looks good but it doesn't mean you can really explain how you got there or, or like really how, um, how it works, like why it's working. And, and I even, sometimes uh, if I'm not, if I don't feel skilled at, at something, I'll find ways to kind of um, hide what I feel my shortcomings are. You know, sometimes I hate drawing hands or feet. Um, so I just find a way to make the composition to where I'm not going to have to, like they're <laughs> hidden by something or they're, um, I sometimes something will really work What's frustrating to me at this stage is I'm at that point where I'm not good enough or practiced enough to know how to replicate that consistently. So sometimes I'll just accidentally stumble in something and be like, how did I do that? <laughs> you know, how do I replicate that the next time I want to? Yeah. Yeah. But a little things that, that would add up to, to a long time to like really talk about. But I think um, I built both confidence and a little bit of, of following in, in 2019. Um, felt like a really exciting year, and that 2020 was going to open up and be the best year um, <laughs> you know I'd ever had going into it. And then pandemic happened, and um, I was I was working, I was a project manager in telecom, and uh, we were working from home, and I was kind of came to a point that I I just wasn't really happy doing that financially, you know. My wife, Kim, still has her job that she loves. Mm-hmm. and was making enough income for us to risk losing some of mine. Yeah. Um, because we knew it wasn't going to drop, you know, it wasn't dropping down to zero, but I was yeah. significantly going drop the income I was, I was bringing in um, to work at trying to build this this more.
0: Jasmations is a fun and funky upcoming digital artist in New York. Her style, while colorful and whimsical, juxtaposes with real life. Her outlook is to create fascinating comic style pieces with deeply meaningful storylines. Her work is precursory of animation and immersive graphic novel experiences.
11: School, a lot of people are hypercritical about me being in school for art. They were like, what is that going to do for you? And then, you know, I started being able to get commissioned work for stuff and people were like they would be shocked like that I was like getting paid work to do things. <laughs> and I was like, well, it was the whole point of it. And then <laughs> as time went on, like, cause you know what commissions it's, it's up and down thing. It's like, yeah, sure. it's not consistent. You're not going to always, you know, but that's with any business. And I had to like make my mind adjust to that because when people beat you down about that as well, you start feeling weird. And sometimes other artists do it. Like I don't even as artist myself, mm-hmm. I can't say that I haven't done that to somebody else, yeah. you know? And that's just me being transparent and being able to see that, we kind of all do that along yeah. the line. It's it's really easy to kind of look at something and not think, because it's not worth something to us, it's not uh-huh. worth something, yeah. but it doesn't mean that because there's always somebody in the world that this is worth something to. Yeah. And yeah. it just takes finding that.
9: Yeah. And
11: sometimes you're not gonna find it or you'll find it here and there and, or you'll trip over things a lot and you'll eventually fall into place where Your thing makes sense. So I think that helped me out a lot. And I think for me, starting so young, attempting to do art, I've had to take a lot of licks along the way Mm -hmm. of people like just being like, oh, this is a, you're wasting your time. Or why are you sitting around drawing? But the key to, for me, is like, I'm a little bit of an Mm overachiever. So that's not a good thing, but it's also helped me along the way because I was able to do multiple things at once. So I would have a job and I was athletically inclined. So people, even if they would criticize me about my artwork, it would be like, well, I'm kind of just also doing this. Sometimes people connect with you. Like, and sometimes you need the people to connect with you to connect with your art because your art is an extension of yourself. Mm. And sometimes if somebody feels like they can't connect with you, they almost can't connect with your art because Mm. they don't know who they're connecting with. Yeah, and stuff like, and I've seen that too, and I, and that's also something I had to process to make it easier at shows. Like, maybe somebody's not connecting with me, you know, and and getting overwhelmed at the show. Sometimes it makes you shut down, so it'll make you not as you don't communicate as much, or you'll feel like. Oh, this is overwhelming. I, you know, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do here. And there's so many personalities, so many people coming around and talking, you know, and some people want you to talk to them and some people don't want you to talk to them. So it's a lot, you know? So I've learned that some people, they need to connect to artist to connect with the artwork. And some people, they need to just connect with the artwork. They don't need you to say anything to them. They're just, and you have to gauge the room. And that's also exhausting too, because it's like a lot of meeting people because like, Some people, if you start talking to them too quickly, it it scares them off. And like people, (laughs) there's like a lot of mental illness and a lot of anxiety and depression and other things that happen in the real world. It might not even be about you. Some people are just like that. And they don't need you to talk to them. Some people, they, that's just a cultural thing for them. Mm. So you have to be able to understand that it might not really be about you or your artwork and you can't take everything so personal. Mm. Because if you do, you're gonna kind of beat yourself down and yeah. it could just be that person, you know? And maybe they just need to look at it.
0: Yeah. And then
11: I've awesome. had people look at my artwork, not say anything to me at all and then later on message me on Instagram. Evan Nicole
0: is an inspiring portrait photographer, art enthusiast and collector. Evan experiments with colorful whimsical portraiture of friends and family. She also is an art supporter and advocate. She is an active collaborator with Free Art Birmingham. She is a collector of lunar-inspired
6: pieces that speak to her heart. So I bought my first camera back in November of 2020. That's kind of like a this year's been crap kind of thing so I'm going to treat myself. So (laughs) I went on Facebook market and found someone and got a decent camera and just kind of started winging it. There was a bunch of like leg soul meetups and she basically just creates these events for people like photographers and models to come out to certain parts of Birmingham and just kind of do like a impromptu shoot like on the streets and stuff like that and so that was kind of like my first photo shoot there was a lot of critique i had on myself just because i didn't know basics of camera stuff or how to do this and that so i had a couple of pictures come out good so that actually made me feel a little better because i was starting to like get kind of you know leery but then after that i just kind of started asking uh, my sister and her friends to do photo shoots for me and then just kind of did like a giveaway so i could get some more picture access and then i had a couple of friends reach out to me to like do a couple of their own photo shoots so oh interesting it's basically i'm just asking people to do photo shoots there's a bunch of like local models and stuff like that that are really heavy into like doing creative shoots so i have them kind of on the the save tab bar to contact whenever I need someone, mm. but a lot of times a few friends and stuff will just reach out to me. So usually she has like different themes, like, you know, 90s theme, streetwear, monochromatic, different things along like that, Yeah. and then basically you just show up, there's like a three hour time frame, something like that, and then you just show up with your camera and you just start taking pictures of people and you just kind of after a while people start wandering off to go to like different parts of that area and stuff like that so it's always pretty fun and then it's kind of a good way to meet more creatives and stuff without actually having to like search for someone like oh who can i like the friend kind of thing that's just kind of like you know when you would wear your mask in public for the first few times you're like i don't have to talk to anybody (laughs) or greet them or smile i can just go about my day that's kind of how i feel whenever i have the camera in front of me is i don't have to communicate as much and then some people i click with automatically personality wise and then some people i'm just like so shy around so
0: Amber Orr is a local Birmingham artist that creates colorful abstract realism paintings full of emotion. She creates work inspired by life, good and bad times. She has an expressive, deconstructive style that is unique and inspiring as she is.
9: <laughs> telling me, she was like no one, if anyone tells you that they got it all figured out, then they're lying. No one has a no one has a road, a perfect roadmap. Roadmap to success. Yeah. And who wants to have it all figured out right now? It'll be boring. You know, yeah. life is about the journey. It's not necessary about the destination. Yeah. So I'm learning that it's all about right now. And so I'm t- I'm learning. I hope to get that message across to other people, and I hope to get the message across to myself that you have to live right now. Who do you want to be right now? And and focus on that. And all the stop worrying about tomorrow. And like I don't know. Do I'm doing. Just who do you want to be right now? Um, getting my own way—that's been my biggest um struggle—is that I'm 33 and procrastination, man. Ooh, procrastination and insecurities, and that's why like nothing against like uh, my family, my mother, or anything, but I feel like the downtime that I have right now, while she's sick, and hopefully she's gonna get better. Yeah. He did everything for me and my
11: sister we
2: were full
9: <laughs> At the same time, i i always was like craving this independence to do more but for so long i was like in my mother like no it's okay you know you don't have to do you know you're you know you're an artist but you, don't, you can just stay right here i'll take care of everything for you um, and these past two years have been chaotic because my mommy is not around uh, and i'm having to fill out i haven't i'm trying i'm now figuring out adulthood as an artist, like pushing myself and being who I'm truly, I'm supposed to be and who I already am. Mm -hmm. And so I wish I had done these things in my twenties because I was so distracted and I was so um, insecure. I had a, a two bedroom apartment and I had a whole studio, but I barely went in there. I was lazy, procrastinating, insecure, working uh, as a, a, a daycare teacher. Mm-hmm. And I just doing all these excuses and not pushing myself and going for it. And I'm not mad at my older self. I understand the opportunities that I have now. I wasn't ready to handle them. And so now I am putting myself out there. I'm doing things differently and just going for it because I don't want to Wake up tomorrow with regret. So, yeah. I, so my biggest, like, I, the, to answer your question, my biggest struggle as an artist with any artist is ourselves. We are our biggest enemies. We don't We have these these negative thoughts that don't exist in our head, and we should just go for it. Always your first instinct is the right instinct. If something tells you, hey, I should apply to this. I should go to this place. I should do that. You're like, no, 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 scary. It's a fear fear of of being successful. And so, yeah, to answer your question, yeah,
0: it's
1: me.
9: It was me. (laughs) My biggest (laughs) joke.
0: (laughs) Pam Singh is a painter and muralist located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Her work is bold and beautiful. She focuses on feminine and nature subjects that flow and are immersed within expressive splashes of color, texture, line, and especially gold foil. Her work brings beauty and inspiration to the world around her.
12: That there are little bit of difficulties um, navigating yourself um, in the world of art. Um, When I initially started, I had no clue, like I said, being completely self-taught. I was actually experimenting, finding my own style, getting my own vision and kind of, you know, giving meaning to my art, all of that. So I was already trying to figure that out and I did not know how to kind of, you know, navigate in this situation and get my work in front of people. But I think the best start would be to going through, getting into a community of artists that are Mm -hmm. like-minded, involving yourself with the community, working working through these small shows and exhibits that are there around Mm -hmm. and part of artist groups and talking um, about how what you do and what you want to do and what's your vision and what are your goals basically and there are people on the way that you'll find help through but I think um, just sitting back and painting and not doing anything about it. Definitely not gonna take you anywhere. So how I started was um, actually just going through kind of the first when we moved here. So as I was painting for about like a year, and then we moved here to Charlotte. That was the first I kind of you know looked through the community galleries and the artist groups that Charlotte had. I kind of took memberships of that. I signed up to kind of be a part of those. Um, artist communities and community galleries and started showing up at those events and talking to people just kind of you know making sure that i am a voice a one voice amongst them because um just being back in studio is not going to help you get out do anything so that's how i started and um with trying to kind of you know work with their shows and these all these small community events where there's pop-ups and there are little shows that they host with you know whatever 20 artists and 25 artists <laughs> so I kind of started participating in all of that yeah and that that's how actually um people got to know me and um, my work kind of grew and painting started selling and more and more business started coming through so it is definitely a great way of reaching out to people and having an audience. Um, As far as the sales I would say who you have, um, number of your followers or who you have following you that really does not determine your sales. Yeah. sales is a totally different thing from what social media is social media is there to kind of you know show yourself your skills what you're doing kind of making people aware that you're there yeah. and, and a lot of and I have noticed this with my own uh social media that a lot of people that I follow are a lot of people who follow me are actually other artists and other creatives who are, you know, interested in doing this. So your ideal, ideal kind of a buyer is not really sitting there out on social yeah. media to kind of, you know, uh, come to you and say, "Hey, I want to buy that painting, or I want to buy that piece of, you know, this beautiful piece that you created." Huh? So it's it's not really for me. Um, it's it's like a 60 40 thing mm-hmm. most of my sales have come in from the connections that i've built the way they have have gotten out the way my collectors and my buyers list has increased so and that's that's all through connections yeah. and it's all great to start small um and i i would say to really truly don't focus on how many followers you would have or how many people are kind of looking at your things because people might be looking at you for a lot of different reasons Mm. they could find inspiration from you which is great they could be just you know they just love your art so they just want to keep seeing it or they just love you they just like (laughs) to see you that's why they are over there so (laughs) it could be many different reasons now i do have my some of my buyers and collectors also supporting me on social media But um, I would say that that has also come through a lot of these uh, meaningful connections that I've made through the community.
0: Brody Walsh is the mind behind Brain Mind Studios. Brody has a distinctive illustrative style and bold, colorful palette. His characters inspire curiosity, humor, and creativity as they go about their lives. Brody creates digital, traditional, and animated art. His work evokes a love for creativity and the artist's inner fascinating world.
13: For Christmas of last year, my girlfriend and a bunch of my family all like chipped in and got me an iPad and nice. it is a game changer. Yeah. I, oh my god, having Procreate to to use is just it's all in one place, it it already does the time lapse for you if you want, like it just has so many questions were answered and I was sort of starting to dive into a little bit of animation before that and now it's like, in the program there's such a easy like animation guide that just sort of makes it so easy to, ma- or to make the animations that I want to make like 2D simple cute stuff and yeah, that's been pretty much now, I don't even know if I've made a brain mind thing in Photoshop since Christmas pretty much. Like it's just been so addicting of like, you can really bang stuff out and just like experiment a lot really quickly. Like if you ever look like even right now, I've always got at my workstation like a paper under my le- like I'll have my computer and then like a good, like six inches of just paper where it'll just be full of doodles and so, <laughs> I've always been a drawer, like I've always drawn my whole life where like my high school notebooks would just be no notes, like just drawings. Like it was sort of like how, because I did really well in high school, but it was like kind of, I guess like just how I learned better. Like if I was drawing, it kind of allowed me to absorb information better. And so, yeah, I don't know. Just like some little things would, if you're doodling every day, like I would just start to notice little things that were like becoming common that I would draw all the time you know like for no real particular reason and I was like yeah either in like just something you love drawing we're like I don't know for me it was like hammers I draw a lot of hammers for some reason and I just (laughs) you like find something that's like a shape that just works with you and you're like I don't know it's whatever that is however that happens who knows but yeah I've definitely been drawing in a similar style for a long time and so it's like it was more of less of like let me start this and more of like let me create a platform to share this stuff Mm -hmm. because at first we were brain mind clothing company and so i was just like i'm just gonna print some shirts yeah we're interested so i was like all right cool i'll print shirts and like i'll be a clothing company that also posts art and then we kind of made the shift i made these notebooks these and and they're half lined, half blank. And I was like, this is really like what I want to do, like make things that are actually going to help people make art. And so I was like, right, we can't be a clothing company anymore. And plus I was posting like mostly art anyway, as opposed to mostly marketing for clothes or anything. So Raymind Studios came out of that where I was like, okay, it's early enough. Like now I can really open the door for myself to just... Sort of just be seen, yeah, as, as an art studio, as a place where things are going to come out of and like yeah, kinda, a lot more broad, which I, I was really into that idea.
0: Lastly, we have local artist and artist supporter and promoter Brian Burks of Art by Burks. You can find Brian's name everywhere you look. His style is bold and punk rock with elements of pop culture and nostalgia, skulls, zombies, and don't forget that iconic signature. Brian values authenticity and the personal expression of his interests in punk rock culture.
14: But I would say the books that influence me most with my art are books on um like DIY and like early punk rock. Mm because when I first started doing things, I knew nobody had heard of me and I knew that no galleries were gonna like want my stuff and you know, I wasn't gonna be invited into galleries. Nobody heard of me and I've had to figure out like, how can I make people know who I am enough to where like, they think about me when they think about art or whatever Yeah, and so like I thought about when before there were any like touring circuits in the United States bands like Black Flag would go through and they would make they would you know make up their own paths throughout the country but they would put their name everywhere they put their sticker on every street corner and they put their flyers up with paste so they wouldn't come off for a year and they would just like everyone knew Black Flag's name by the mid mid 80s. Even if you'd never like you know heard the band or seen them or anything you yeah. know those bars and they made themselves famous just by you know overexposure. And um, there's a movie called Exit to the Gift Shop. Mm-hmm. that Banksy made about a guy who tried to make a movie about Banksy and ended up becoming one of the most world's most famous artists and he sucks <laughs> he's not really an artist he just has good ideas that he has other people do it he pays them to do it yeah and he became famous because he did the repetition thing too and it just dawned on me that like repetition is like that's that's probably the way you have people know your name so I instead of making business cards I made stickers and I would just went all over town and put stickers everywhere with my name on them. Just to oh, all over. Yeah, like, um, you know, gas pumps, parking lots, uh, meters. And I would just give them out like, here, stick these everywhere. Yeah. And um, I think that was a real, so reading about how like early punk bands paved the way. Mm-hmm. Gave me the idea that I could probably like underground kind of make myself known. I don't know of any like actual art books, but I think just that whole like aesthetic of reading about some because I read every book about punk rock that I could when I was in my twenties, just yeah. about how it all started and how it all happened and stuff. I think so. I think that definitely influenced me. And to know that like because reading those, these people weren't very talented. Well, a lot of times they just had like this mm-hmm. one to make art. Yeah, I mean. I talk to people all over the world, you know, that buy art for me regularly, maybe like two, three times a year, they'll buy stuff for me. But, you know, after you do that for a couple of years, you know, these people. And I, I mean, I don't even know. I know so many people now, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's I can't even I can't even like wrap my mind around how many people that I actually have relationships with. Like, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Lot. I'm not like it's not one of those things that makes me feel I'm, I'm not like, you know, doesn't make me uncomfortable like in a bad way like some people just really don't like it yeah it's just it's almost amusing to me it's just because i was somebody who for you know a good 15 years just worked went home went to shows didn't really talk to people had my few friends but I didn't even i didn't socialize a ton Yeah, and so now everywhere i go people automatically know who i am it's I just—it's just kind of amusing. It's just funny to me. It's just—it's like I just look at him, and go, "Hey, all that shit I did worked. I can't believe it worked. It's crazy." You know? <laughs> Rather than be like, "Oh, I'm—I'm so—I'm," everybody knows me. Uh, like I try not to ever like you know get a f- head about it or anything. It's just amusing, but. Yeah. These people know me, it's so weird. There's times where I see other people succeed and a little piece of me is like, why didn't I get that? And then I immediately like come back, go, no, like that wasn't for you, that was for them. Like you get yours over here, like you get yeah. plenty, like more than enough, like, so. And, you know, I think it's in all of us to be that way. you just gotta yeah. like try to be a, you know, a little more evolved, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely worth it though. Cause I mean, it all comes back to me Is yeah. you know, it all helps me with what I'm trying to do. So it's worth it to me for me to help everyone because yeah. even in a selfish way, it all comes back around. Yeah, yeah. when I first started doing these things, like when I first started doing shows in Birmingham, you would go to like a pop-up art show and people would be frightened of what I'm doing. <laughs> they would just be like <laughs> avoiding me. Like the people who were coming out were not into it. So to see that change over the years and see like, you know, lots of artists who do weird stuff finding a place and be controlled, it's, yes. it's, it's a cool thing. This concludes season one of Art
0: Talk with April. The wisdom, creativity, and authenticity of this season's artists is awe-inspiring. I don't know about you, but I feel so much hope, encouragement, and motivation after hearing their journeys. I hope you join us for Season 2 coming this fall with an all-new lineup of talented folks. The first episode airs September 6, 5 p.m. Central Time. See you soon! Thank you for listening to Art Talk with April. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe.